You're listening to the YouTube Marketing Accelerator Podcast, helping businesses and marketers all over the globe dominate the internet's second largest search engine. Here's your host, Matt Johnston. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for being here today with me. Another episode of the YouTube Marketing Accelerator Podcast. Got a great one here today for you. I hope you're having a great day. Uh, today we have Tom Breeze in here with us in the studio. And by studio, I mean I'm sitting on my porch and he's sitting in the United Kingdom, thousands and thousands and thousands of miles away. <laughs> How's it going, Tom? Uh, very good, Matt. How are things? I, things? Things are good. So in case everybody doesn't know Tom, Tom literally wrote the book on YouTube ads, <laughs> which is called Viewability, right? Which is the same name as your agency. Uh, Tom Tom is, if, if, if he'll allow me to say so, uh, in, my, in my mind, the foremost YouTube ads expert on the planet. He uh, he he oversees an agency that does 100k a day in ad spend. Speaker, author, and consultant, uh, and uh, he's he's worked with pretty much everybody on the planet uh, when it comes to YouTube ads. And if there is a digital marketing conference near you, and there's a speaker on YouTube ads, chances are Tom will be that speaker, as I've noticed. So, Tom, I'm so I'm so grateful. Uh, that you've that you've come to join me here today, and I'll also say Tom is also my mentor, and uh, has has done a lot for me in my business. Also, one of the most generous human beings on planet Earth. So, Tom, thank you for for taking the time today. That is 100% okay with me, Matt. That was um, a lovely intro. I don't think I've had intros like that before, so uh, much appreciated, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, so Tom and I were talking about before before the show. We were saying, okay, well, what are we going to talk about here? And uh, what what we thought might be really interesting would be to talk about what people are doing on YouTube in the first place, because very often it's the question that we get all the time. Those of us that run YouTube ads for a living, we often get this question: Does my offer work on YouTube? Does my product or service is it a fit for YouTube at all? And sometimes there are tactical things that we can look at. Are, are there a lot of YouTube videos about your topic? Are there a lot of keywords? All of these little research-oriented, nitty-gritty things. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to what the human behavior aspect is. What's the psychology of people on YouTube versus other platforms? And I thought that would be fascinating. Tom is one of the best that I have ever seen at articulating the psychology of someone on YouTube. And obviously, if you get that, you can nail your whole campaign because you have a real sense of what people are searching for, what they're doing, and what kind of ad they want to watch. So, Tom, if you could give us a shed a little bit of light on this, what is the mindset of someone that is on YouTube? It's a really good question, and I'm glad that we get to talk about this. And it's not an easy one to talk about. So, when you say that I can articulate it very well, I'm not 100% sure that's <laughs> as accurate as I want it to be. But um. Well, I just to give some background. Like I studied psychology for like five years, did university and then did my master's. Right. And so it's been like a, a foundation to everything that I do when it comes to advertising. And considering I spend all my time running YouTube ads, I feel like I, I'm always analyzing what works, but it's, it's less regular that I'll go back to the fundamental foundation, I suppose, as to what YouTube is actually all about. And why people behave in certain ways on YouTube, which is different to other platforms. And I think this is really helpful, hopefully for a lot of people, because if people are advertising on some platforms, be it somewhere like Facebook, I can tell you the number of times that clients come to us and say, hey, I'm doing this thing on Facebook, can we just do the same thing on YouTube? And 
depends on the relationship I have with the prospects and the size of the company. But often it's a case of like, well, look, that might be great for Facebook. I'm happy to test it. But I think we should look at this as a brand new platform because the audience psychology is very, very different. And we need to keep that in mind. So a good way to think about this is almost to compare platforms. So if you look at someone like Facebook, we tend to go to Facebook because we want to be distracted or connect with our community in some way, or really we've got nothing better to do. So a lot of times I'll pick up my phone um, when I'm in a queue, when I'm about to buy something, or I'm waiting for the kids at school, or whatever it might be, I'll be using Facebook in that capacity. And yes, yeah, sometimes I'll feed back into there because I might get a message from somebody or might get a notification or something. But it's that kind of, it's a constant platform you're going in and out of and you might spend a short amount of time on that platform, but you'll be going back there over and over and over during the day. YouTube, the, the, the way people use YouTube is very, very different. But the reason why we go there in the first place is very different as well. So the average session duration on YouTube is anywhere between 40 to 60 minutes, which is a long, 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 long time. And it's because people, people go into YouTube when they've got a bit more time and it's almost that like it carved out a piece of time to say, and not necessarily I've sat there and said, right, this is YouTube time, but it's more like in their minds, when you go to YouTube, you're thinking to yourself, well, okay, I'm going to go to YouTube and I've got a bit of free time available to myself. We don't flick there and flick back very easily. Once we're there, we tend to stay there. And that's partly because the platform's so sticky, but also because we are like going there with more intent. So some people are going there because they want to, find out how to do something or want to go and buy something and so doing their comparisons between different products or they might just want to learn more about a topic but a lot of people go in there because they want to be inspired too but this is the thing with youtube mm-hmm. people tend to be using this platform because we're going there to explore our interests and our passions at a deeper level and normally if we take it outside of work because no one really loves going to youtube for work related reasons um, some bit, sometimes we do because we want to do the how-to tutorials of a piece of software or something, but that's not normally why we end up on YouTube. We normally end up on YouTube because we are being inspired by something or have that passion, and it's normally not work-related, or at least it's it's exploring something new, and that's the big part of the psychology of YouTube. And if you extrapolate this out to the customers that you tend to want to advertise to, if you have a product or a service. People are there to explore new things and normally new things about themselves that will be very closely connected to their status. Now, this is kind of a, a fundamental part of all marketing and psychology and, um, and why we do anything really. But if we look at status as a, as a driving force for what's happening in anything to do with any product selling or, or kind of any, any, um, any promotion we might be doing, most people are thinking about if they buy this product, does it help them become somebody new? Does it help them become like someone that can shift their identity and that also allows them to have a new status in their environment? Um, now, this goes down to like the smallest decisions all the way up to the biggest decisions as well. But status and how we'll look to other people around us is such a huge driving force. It may not be the most attractive human trait in the world, but it's the trait that we all live by. <laughs> and how we look to other people is underestimated by so many people when it is the number one thing that's driving all marketing and advertising and why we make a purchase. 
So you tend to find that people that want a status shift, those people do go to YouTube, spend a lot of time on there, and they're looking up things like, I mean, a few areas that people do this a lot in are things like how to start a business. They're not necessarily looking to start a business to get freedom in their lives or um, to make a lot of money. That is, a, that is something they are doing, but a big driving force is that they want to start a business because then in their, in their community or their social uh, group that they're kind of family, friends, colleagues, whoever it might be, they want to be perceived as a business owner for some reason. They want to be perceived as that person, have that gravitas or whatever that means to them. And it's the same when we do anything. When we send our kids to a certain school, we're thinking about how will other people perceive that about us. When we buy our cars, when we buy a house, um, then even down to the smallest decisions as well. Um, like you can say, right, if I buy this computer or if I buy this chair at work or anything, it's like it's all a symbol that's going to connect to our status and how we're being perceived by other people around us. And that, if you are aware of that, it does make it very different to how you think about your advertising. Because now, yes, you might have a product or a service that naturally lends your, itself to that message anyway. So you might have like, here's how to start a business or here's how to become a trader because people want to be perceived as a trader or as a business owner. Um, but it, but it's, um, you're allowing people to have this, if, it, your, if your product or service is a new opportunity for people, then that is kind of what they're looking for. They're looking for this brand new status within their community. Um, if your product doesn't have that, and maybe your product is more about like, here's how you become a better business owner, or here's a piece of software or product management tool that helps you become a better business owner or whatever it might be. And it doesn't necessarily lend itself to a brand new opportunity. Then it's a case of making sure that the messaging positions your product so it does feel like a brand new opportunity to those people. So it feels like, ah, by buying this, um, by buying this product, it's going to improve me to the point at which people will perceive me in a new level of status. And if you know that going in, it makes all of your creative a lot stronger, it makes everything work a lot better on YouTube, because that is a platform where people are looking to make that identity shift and that status change within their social environments. That's fascinating. I, I never really thought about that before, I really had it articulated. So, so you would really say, and, and, and maybe this is specific to YouTube, maybe it's not, that it's really much more about status and how other people will perceive you based on your passions or maybe your passions are actually a reflection of that rather than something more internal? I, th I think it's very internal. I think that you look at, I mean, I think, I think it's a foundational thing for all advertising and marketing as anyway, like take it as yeah. like a, like it, it runs through everything. It's just when people are going to YouTube as a platform, I mean, this happens on Facebook as well, don't get me wrong. But when it happens on YouTube, it's almost like that's been activated by the fact that you've gone to YouTube in the first place. You're, you're going to YouTube thinking, um, oh, okay, this has got a bit of downtime. And it might not be a, a, a conscious thing that people are doing. It's not like we're going to YouTube and thinking, okay, now I'm going to improve myself so I look great in front of other people. It's not like we have that conscious right, thought right, as we're right. going there. Like one day my, my parents will be happy about <laughs> my choices in right. life or anything like that. <laughs> or one day I'll be a better golfer. I watch, right, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, how to be better than all my friends. Yeah, exactly. It's not like we're typing that in. <laughs> um, but it is the unconscious driver that is happening within, within all of us. It's, it's an evolution thing as well, right? If you look at all animals, um, or at least all social animals, 
all social animals are looking to gain that status, whether it be through physical kind of um, domination or whether it be through kind of connecting with people and having that kind of um, hierarchy, etc. So it is a kind of an unconscious driver within all of us to be like, okay, I am, I'm uh, prettier. I am wealthier. I have more power than these other people around us because it establishes you in that hierarchy. And um, so it is kind of this, it's a drive within all of us. It's just that when you go to YouTube, it's closer to the conscious. So it's not like with, with Facebook, you're just going there mainly because you're, you're touching base and you're kind of just seeing the news and seeing what's happening. Whereas with YouTube, it's more of a conscious decision to go to that platform to say, okay, cool. I'm, I'm now here. I'm going to start searching for something that's part of my passion and my interest. And that passion or interest is normally because it's connected very closely with your identity and your identity is very closely related to your status within a group. Would you say then, I mean, so, so we often have sort of, you know, there's really two, two different types of businesses, right? B2C and B2B very often. I mean, there's more, but generally, um, and, and a lot of people might say that, that B2B doesn't work as well. What are your thoughts on that based on psychology and, and the type of people that are coming to YouTube? Yeah, so this is a this is a really good distinction actually. So when you look at like B2C, you're dealing with somebody who is looking for themselves. They're looking, they're going on YouTube, they're searching, they're watching videos based on their own interests and passions. Um, and that's typically why we're going to YouTube. It's, it tends to be much more of a myself um orientated kind of search on YouTube. We normally do it outside of our working hours. We're not, not going there for business reasons. Um, unless maybe you're a business owner, but still then it's not necessarily the place you want to hang out too much. You might start watching interviews of like top experts out there. But even if you look at those videos out there, you'll be surprised. Like, I don't know, you can go and Google the top CEOs of various companies, say interviews with this person and you'll see their interviews, which are kind of complete gold dust have like 300 views. And you think it's criminal the fact that like these amazing videos are out there that no one's watching. Um, but that's just how we are. And then you see this other, unboxing videos of Disney products and it's got millions of views. It's like, that shows a lot about human behavior, right? Right. <laughs> um, and what we do in our own time. But if you look at like B2C versus B2B, as a consumer, we're looking to say, right, what's in it for me? What's, how is this going to benefit my life in particular? When it's more of a B2B promotion, it can still work, but it's much harder on the platform of YouTube to target the right customer doing that because it's much more of a search-based product. Um, and so if you're looking to get in front of a certain types of people like business owners or people in the business that can make decisions to make a purchase, that's a lot harder to do with the actual platform. You're better off in some places like LinkedIn or, um, other platforms. If it's like B2B, which is a small business, you might say Facebook is great for that because you can target them based on the fact that their interests are showing them that they're a business owner. For example, you can target those types of people a lot more easily. Um, so there's platforms that lend themselves to the with a targeting type, but still that status and identity is playing a big role in different ways with B2C versus B2B. So B2C would be very much a case of how as an individual can you improve your status in your social settings? And it's like, how do you look good? How do? You... But that's still the same thing that's happening in B2B, it's just a different environment. So instead of your friends, it's now, how will this make me look great in front of my boss, in front of my colleagues? How will I, how I get credit for this? How will it make me look really cool? Um, whatever it might be, like they want to get that recognition and that status by making that decision to buy that product for the company, whatever it might be. I know I do this myself. I'm good at analyze myself and it's horrible to do it sometimes, but I'll do things 
not for the benefit of the um, company, but for the benefit of um, pleasing certain employees or pleasing certain kind of divisions within the company to make me look good to them to build a better relationship. And that's not necessarily the best thing in the world to be doing. I'm fully aware of it, but I'm just, I'm just so self-aware of my own actions. Having studied psychology for so long, I can analyze myself and it's not always a pretty picture, but that's the same with everybody, right? But we all make these decisions like this. Um, and the, the fact is, is like, we all make decisions based on how we're going to look in, in front of other people. And once we're aware of that and accept it and know that that's the norm, then we can start to apply that with our creative and everything else. That's fascinating. So, so let's say that we are able to target the right audience on YouTube and we've got that sorted. You've got to meet them with the right creative, right? I, I, I often say YouTube is such an amazing opportunity because you have the search of, you, you have the intent based uh, psychology of Google that's going on and, and Google search classically. And then you also have all the best parts of Facebook because you get to go to them with your message and sort of sell them on it at the same time. But the great thing is when you can marry that intent with sort of the perfect puzzle piece of the creative that speaks to them exactly where they are. You know, they're, they're searching for something, they click on a YouTube video because they want to learn something, do something, buy something, whatever, and then all of a sudden you pop up with your ad and it could not be more perfect, right? So mm -hmm. how do you be perfect in that moment? Okay, so what I would say is like, so we're looking at a piece of software with a, with a prospect of the day and I was looking at the, prospect, uh, the, the software and the software is designed to help people with their marketing and it's a CRM and it, and it was a very, very effective piece of SaaS basically. Um, and they were saying, do you think this will work on YouTube? And I was like, do you know what? It will work, but at not at that much scale and it'd be quite a difficult thing to promote because what they were doing, they were looking to go after those business owners and, and put that product in front of them and say, hey, look, this is going to help your CRM and your email marketing become so much better. And that was kind of like, a, that's a, whilst that makes sense, for YouTube, it wouldn't be the most interesting thing for people to take on board. So the advice I would give in, this, in that scenario is to say, right, take the same software, but now look at your customer base. And you'll probably realize that 50% of those customers may be business owners that are looking to do this for their own business. But then I bet, bet you there'll be half those people that are looking to use that and apply that service and find their own clients to do to use your SaaS or your software with the clients. So they're kind of almost looking to use that software as a new opportunity for people. And that's where YouTube can really come into its own and really scale. It's this opportunity to say, um, put this, like change up this um, offering of the same product to make sure you can... And position it as a new opportunity for people who are looking to change their status to say, oh, I could do this and run my own business. Okay, that sounds really, really cool. I want to do it now. Um, and that's like a much, much bigger pool on YouTube. Um, so keeping that in mind before you get to the creative is, a, is really advantageous. So you can, you either have a product that lends itself to the status already, um, or you might need to just shift the, um, the opportunity and the way you um, position your product slightly to make sure it attaches itself to that status. But once you've got that, then um, the creative piece becomes a lot easier. And we tend to use a formula called Educate, which allows us to sell um, products and services really effectively on YouTube. So Educate is actually an acronym. So every obviously every letter means something. And it starts with the A of Educate, and that is the aim of the viewer. 
Now we normally kind of go with the presenting aim. So it might be something like how to start a business. Like if someone types in how to start a business or um, how to become a trader or something on those lines, it's like tackle that to begin with. Like say, Hey, if you're looking to become a trader and you're, um, and you're kind of, that's kind of like the first thing you would mention at the start of the video, then you want to quickly move into the D of educate, which is the difficulty. Normally people are searching because they've got some pain point around it or they're struggling with something. Um, and so you might say to them, if it's consistency with your trades or if there's, um, if you're not generating them at a profit or you haven't found, you can understand the patterns and the charts or you haven't got a system that you can use right now um, and it's holding you back, that's kind of what you start discussing in the video. So you talk about the aim of the viewer and then you start to, uh, talking about the, the uh, difficulty. And if you can be unique there so the viewer feels like, oh, wow, you actually really get me, that's really advantageous. So you want to kind of describe the problem in the way that they would describe it to themselves but also sometimes uncover things for them that like, yeah, actually, hang on a second. That's exactly what it's like. That's exactly the problems I'm having. You're starting to build a real connection with people based on the fact that you know them. Um, and then you would move into the you of educates, which is the understanding. So it's one thing to mention the, the difficulties, but now what you need to make sure is that you connect with them emotionally to say, look, we understand what it's like. Um, either you're a business where you have worked with clients and have had that exact same problem before, or maybe you've, if you're a personal brand, for example, and you've had that problem yourself, and that's part of your story for your business, then maybe kind of illustrate, like just at least showcase the fact that you've you've had that problem and you've been in the same place, and you and you know emotionally what that feels like. And if you can describe those emotions, then you're going to really connect with people because they're like, ah, yeah, not only do you understand my problems, but you've been there too, or you really understand um, what what struggles internally I'm having. I get it. And if you can start to combine this with your status as well, you have to do it subtly, but just a nod in the right direction to say, because you may have a vision in your mind of being this person, but you're nowhere near there just yet. Something along those lines. Um, it's going to make people feel like ah, there's a gap between the person they want to be and how they want to be perceived by others and where they're at right now. And that's the biggest kind of a draw to a lot of people. If someone wants to become a trader or let's say a business owner or a kite surfer or whatever it is they want to become and they want, suppose they want to be perceived to their community as that person. If you're showing them that they're not that person yet, that's a huge pain to them because they're like, yeah, I know deep down, no one thinks I am a good business owner. I am a good trader. I am a good kite surfer. My biggest passion in life, everyone laughs at the fact that they don't believe I'm that person. If you can subtly pull on that, it's such a driving motivational force for people that they'll do a lot to, to kind of change that status they have. So that's kind of like that understanding piece. Then once you've kind of been through the first three letters, the ADU of um, the, uh, the kind of aim, difficulty, and understanding, then you want to move into the C, which is the credibility of um, yourself and your business. So if you, let's say, for example, you are running a um, business which you've been doing for a long time, you've helped hundreds of thousands of people, perhaps pull on that, let people know how, how great you are. If you've got a story behind why you became a business in the first place, and, um, or if your product has had scientists work on it for the last five years, talk a little bit about that, how you came to be, why this product exists in the first place, or why your service exists and all the credentials you have around that. If you've won awards, spoken on stage, written a book, anything like that, pull on it. It doesn't have to be long, just like two or three sentences to let people know that you're the real deal and you're legitimate. Um, position yourself well and then say that 
you have an action plan, which is the A of educate. Now, it's when people are following you um, or want to follow you, they want to have you as their kind of their guide as such or their leader as such to say, ah, you can help me become this person. You can help me attain this status. Then what you want to do is show them that it's actually quite an easy roadmap. They want to have like a three-step plan, for example, that people can buy into. Because people want to be nervous and worried and skeptical. And if it feels easier and it feels like, ah, oh, okay, cool, it's just three steps, people are buy into that. Um, so one way you can go about that is to show them like your three-step plan or show how other people have taken three steps to get where they want to be. Um, and yeah, if you, if, you, if you can break it into three steps, that just makes it a lot, lot easier for people to buy into. And um, you've probably seen this before, like if you've been, oh, I, I can give an ex example. Like if you ever went like white water rafting, for example, you've never done it in your life before and you're kind of feeling nervous but excited about getting down the river and you know there's going to be some challenges ahead, then what you don't want someone to do is like, all right, all you need to do is remember these 17 things and we're going to be good. It's like, <laughs> that's way too much for me to do. That's like cognitive overload. Whereas if they said to you, okay, there's just three things I want you to focus on as we're going down the river together. Um, and these are, make sure you're wearing a helmet. Okay, no, number one, that's easy, that's done. And your life vest, for example. The second thing is I want you to be able to speak to your, your, um, your rest of your crew. So, okay, you can speak, great, that's fine. So you're almost like making sure it feels like a bit, like easy to do and then you might give them one technical thing to say okay now when you hold your oar you must make sure you hold it in this way um so you kind of like because it's going to be much more power behind it and also it allows you to kind of steer the boat in the right way so can you do that ah cool i'm going to teach you that stuff all right now you're ready to become part of the team and that will make people feel like okay cool i can do this and if they built their credibility in the right way of someone who's helped thousands of people down this river before, it's like, okay, you are my leader. I'm going to do everything you say from here on in. You've got my full backing. I'm not going to change the rules on you or anything like that. I'm ready to go. So you kind of build that action plan for people. And you may, as I said, like then when I was going through the or holding the or in the right way, you might want to teach people one aspect of it to say, okay, look, hold the or in a specific way like this, because it's going to give you that power behind. It. And that's what's really going to turn you from just an okay a member of the crew to someone who's excellent. Um, so you kind of like teach them something around that. And at the end of it, then you give them that exit point, which is where you're kind of, you're giving them some sort of irresistible offer to say, here's how you can start your journey to becoming that status, to achieving that goal, um, whatever it might be. And you're going to put some sort of call to action in front of them. So the offer needs to be really congruent with that. Um, so the how to become a pro trader, for example, is always going to be a, an interesting um, point for people to take but as long as you make it seem easy and um, easy to get hold of as well it's going to always be a very very attractive offer for people so that is the educate so it's aim difficulty understanding credibility uh, the action plan then the uh, teaching section as well as the exit and if you get all those pieces together and lay it with the status as well as if you layer it with um, any case studies or success stories you might have you're going to find you have a really, really good foundations to a, a very, very powerful ad to run on YouTube. So when it comes to status and you, you say, if you're able to overlay that, I, 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 I mean, I'm just fascinated by this, uh, by this, by this psychological uh, status point, because I think a lot of us in marketing, we end up, we, we always talk about pain points, but in the way those almost seem like the surface layer and we're not actually getting to the lower layer. How would you go about, and, and, I don't know if you have any examples 
about directly tackling this status as the pain point in a way that actually isn't very direct because I, I, I would assume that, you know, when, when, when you're actually trying to get to this status issue um, or, or bring it out in people, uh, you're not actually saying something like, uh, you know, for example, we're about to start working with a surfing client uh, who, who has a course about how to be an awesome surfer, right? Uh, mm -hmm. He's a super pro, right? So oh, yeah. we, we might, and you know, I, I think this is a great fit for YouTube, but we're not going to say at the beginning, uh, do you want to surf as good as your friends? Right. So it's not like <laughs> that. So, so, you know, like yeah. how, like how, how can we indirectly tackle this? Yeah. So it wouldn't be, I uh, want to surf as good as your friends. It'd be what surf better than your friends. <laughs> That's kind of like a, um, ah, right, 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 right. kind of psychology behind it. But yeah, you, you can't go with that presenting problem like that. But let's say, for example, you have this pro presenting, then what I'll be doing before I start thinking about like, what offer do we have to sell here, even though they might have one already, I'll be thinking, if I want this to really work and scale on YouTube, I've got to make sure this offer connects with people's identity and their status of where they think they, they want to be. And the chances are the people that are going to be interested in this are probably not the newbie surfers, I wouldn't have thought. It's probably people that are like got a surfboard already and now are thinking, well, it, it depends on what audience we're going for. But if it's like the actual kind of very, very good surfers now um, and they're kind of like they've invested a lot into the sport, they've got kind of lots of boards maybe, um, those people if you really think about those people and if you get to have conversations with them and they're very honest with you, the chances are they're going to tell you that they want to be a better surfer than their friends. Um, and they probably want to um, make sure that like there's a lot of territorial wars when it comes to surfing. So if you go out in the water and it's not your patch, then you can almost like have this kind of almost fights in the waves versus the kind of the local surfers as such it's like it's very territorial uh, from what i understand i'm not a surfer by any stretch but um when it's like that you might be thinking right how do i become a better surfer than those guys out there or how do i prove it to myself or to other people how do I, when when will i call myself an actual pro and be proud to say it um, and and maybe whoever they hold in their minds they're kind of like how do i become as good as the people i hold in my mind is like seriously good surfers like how do I get into that group of people? Because when I'm like that, then that's the perfect place for me to be. So when you're thinking about that, you're saying, you might say, right, if it's a pro surfer who they really look up to, they might say, hey, look, just to let you know, like you can learn all the stuff, but there's one thing that I learned when I was 23 that changed my life when it came to surfing. And once I learned this one thing, it made everything so different. Um, it made me kind of win all these awards, all this sort of stuff. But it was the one technique that helped me shift from a good surfer to an unbelievable surfer and win all these awards and things. Um, so that's what I want to share with you today. So you kind of, you're saying, here's how I did it. And it was one technique that I wanted to share with you that unlocked everything. Do you want to know what that is? It's like, ah, oh, yeah, because that technique doesn't unlock how to become a better surfer, which it does. It unlocks how to become recognized by everybody around me as an amazing, as an amazing surfer. So it's that recognition aspect that's really important there with that product. That's amazing. That makes a lot of sense. So really you're always following. So you're, you're sort of, you're, you're following these people into battle and they've been through this before and they've risen to the top. You can too. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. And, and you may even, you may even pull on it. Let's say for example, they said there was a pro um, surfer that made it, made it when they were um, slightly older. Let's say for example, they became a pro surfer at the age of 32, for example, they might say, Oh, when I was 28, I learned this technique that, instantly changed my surfing and I went from 
an average surfer to an amazing surfer and within four years I've become the best in the world, for example, I wish I'd learned this technique sooner. Then it makes people feel like all the 23 year olds, 22 year olds are like, well, now I've got to get it because I might have a head start on that person, be a better surfer than they ever became. Um, so it's almost like with time on my hands, um, I, get an, I get an advantage on the best person in the world. Okay, cool. I want to do that. That's like, that's like a big opportunity to become the most recognized surfer in their space. So the bottom line is if you want to get into marketing, stop doing what you're normally doing. Go get a degree in psychology and then come back <laughs> and run some It helps. It definitely <laughs> helps. Yeah. Well, certainly. Um, I mean, I, I have very few conversations that dig this deep into what drives us as human beings. But at the end of the day, those will be the reasons that we'll do the surface level things like click and watch things, right? It's fascinating yeah. to me. And it's, it's, so, go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of like, it's that foundation to everything. It's like if people know they can attach, if they're going to get recognized for being amazing and it's going to change the way that they see themselves and also how other people see them, but more importantly, how other people see them, it is a big, big draw. That's amazing. So, so, so do you need, do you need always to, to make this work a person in front of a camera delivering this and, and, and making that empathy play directly person to person. Because I can see how some businesses going into this may somehow feel like they're not 100% aligned with, you know, their, uh, basically their offer, their company, whatever it is, doesn't feel aligned with uh, putting, a, making a personal brand be, do you know what I'm trying to say here? Mm, no, I get it. Yeah. It's really in how, how are you going to bring that? It's almost like a personal brand. And so sometimes it's, yeah. So how do you bring that across? I think that's going to come down to a lot of the creativity of the brand and everything, but it's remember you're positioning the, the user's status here. You're not saying like um, the, the company that all the products that people are going to buy into is purely just a vehicle for the viewer to achieve the status that they want. So they're going to be looking at any products or services like, does this help me get the status I want at an unconscious level? Um, and they won't mind too much if it's done by personal or brand or whoever it might be. Like it doesn't make a difference. Like you can look at someone like GoPro. I think this is really, really well where it's like they sold the idea of you becoming the hero. And if you buy a GoPro camera, then you're going to upload the footage to your Facebook page and show everybody how cool you are because it's showing people your status. Like, Hey, you probably didn't know this about me. I'm an amazing surfer or skydiver, or I do this on the weekends. I'm fun. I like, that's what you're t trying to tell everybody with a GoPro camera. And so it doesn't matter if it's led with a, with a personality. It's just, it's a case of understanding how you position that product in the first place. So people feel like, ah, this is going to be the vehicle to me achieving my status. Now, if you go deeper on that, it gets really weird because you can say, right, well, people buy these products and don't do anything with them. Um, a lot of the time, like people buy, I do all the time as well. I buy programs and products and don't actually do much with them. I might just watch like one video of like 50 videos I should be watching. And that's partly because the purchase is directly related to the identity and the status. Like people like me or people like the people I want to be do things like this. And so I end up doing that behavior um, of buying but it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to commit to it, um, which is interesting. And that's another part of the status equation that maybe we have to talk about another day, um, which is kind of like the purchase is sometimes the most important factor in their status build, as opposed to actually doing the work itself. Like people are less much, are much less interested in becoming a successful business owner than just becoming a business owner. As soon as they own a business, they can tell their friends. 
they're not going to tell them if they're doing well or not. They're just going to open that business up. Um, so that people <laughs> perceive them as like, oh, cool, these guys are a business owner. And yes, they will need to actually do some work, of course. Um, but the, the big status play and the status shift happened at the point of that decision to do it, um, either buy it or start a business or um, buy a product. It's like, that's the actual kick of dopamine that people are looking for. Like, oh, I'm this person now because I just bought this product. But it doesn't mean that you've actually consumed it and used it at all. But it's just that it's that status kick that people are getting. But that's a that's another thing altogether. Right. So largely, I mean, really, I mean, my my favorite word on the planet that I constantly talk about all the time is empathy. And, and empathy is really what's driving all of this in a way, or at least you're showing empathy and getting empathy in the door. Um, it's just easier when you have a person to person connection to show that sort of emotional identification of where you are and where you could be than it is with a creative that feels more like, say, a TV commercial, uh, which we see a lot of on YouTube because people are just slamming stuff out there and not without a strategy. Uh, but but you can do it if you're a little more creative, like GoPro. That's sort of what you're saying. I, th I think that like it depends on your background. I mean, I think that if I'm if I've worked with a lot of personal brands, I'm going to find it a lot easier to do it with personal brands. I think it probably would be because you can get them to say whatever you want, as opposed to like, it's not as, as easy as thinking like a product and connecting that with status very easily. But it's definitely doable. You just have to have a good old think about how you're going to bring that to the market and um, how you're going to connect that with status. But it's done all the time. And it's case of just being very conscious of that's what's happening and then use that, but being clever about it so you don't have to be super upfront with the fact that hey by buying this product you're going to look great in front of your friends it's more a case of saying we know that's what you're actually looking for but we're going to have to phrase it in a different way that is more palatable uh, so they actually take that on board and, and know to, that this is going to look great but they're not buying it for that sole reason because it's a bit too crass i think for the purchase Wow. Yeah, that, that's, that's so interesting. Uh, it just, it just involves a little bit more, a little bit more creativity. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Tom, thank you so much for, for, for being here. Uh, I, I, I don't know that I've ever heard the psychology of this articulated in quite this way. And I know 100%, even though you and I have talked for hours and hours and hours during the past year, <laughs> that this will definitely change every YouTube ad that I make in the future, because I, I certainly hadn't thought about status in this way before. And I think that the psychology of that is amazing. Um, can you tell folks a little bit more about where to find your stuff? Uh, for example, your course, you know, which I, which I, uh, which I myself bought and it's fantastic uh, or anywhere else where they can find you. Yeah. So the best place to go is either to um, go to viewability, which is V I E W A B I L I T Y.co.uk and uh, the agency and some of our training products are there. And then there's also me, Tom Breeze, that you can follow and that type of stuff as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think if anyone's heard this podcast and found it useful, I'd love them to reach out in some way, maybe Messenger on Facebook, for example, and just say, hey, listened and uh, let's continue the conversation because I, I love this topic and I love kind of allowing people to shed light on it because it's not like it's the finished article from my standpoint. Like, I don't think human psychology goes <laughs> to this shallow. I think it goes a lot deeper that I'm always learning and discovering new things. So yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting conversation. And uh, yeah, if anyone wants to reach out, it's Tom Breeze or viewability.co.uk. So fascinating. The, the, this podcast went in a different direction than I thought. And I love it when that happens because it, it, it was, it was very, very mind expanding. Thank you so much, Tom. <laughs> I really appreciate you being here and thanks everybody for uh for joining me today have an amazing rest of your day
Cheers, man.